Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> Actually, do one more. Would you stand to your feet for the word of God this morning? Um, I asked Pastor Charmaine if she would read it with us today. All right, Matthew 6, starting in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and many. Let's give it up for the word of God. Before you sit down, turn to someone and say, you can't serve both. Can't serve both. Man, don't they look good when they say that? You may be seated. (laughs) Thank you so much. Wow. Well, we are in uh, part three of our Mo Money series, our financial series. Yeah, someone likes it. Anyone else like the series so far? Coach Cat? Yeah. Good stuff. We've actually have have people that have been contacting our church that have been seeing it online and wanting to come check us out because we're doing a series on finances. So who would have thought? I was saying to our leadership team before we, uh, this morning we were praying together, and a lot of times churches are are afraid or they shy away about money and they stay away from it, but I think people are missing out because if you don't know the purpose of something, you'll abuse it. And uh, the Bible has a lot to say about money. And again, God's after your heart. He's not after your wallet, <laughs> right? And, but how many of us know that we serve a generous God and he's made us to be a blessing, right? Praise God. Yeah, you can clap for that. You know, when most people hear the words, uh, more money, they usually think more problems. Yeah, but I think we can, we can change that. We can change. And that's what Jesus wants to do today. He wants to change our perspective through the word of God. We are not here to conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, Romans 1 to 2 says, you know. But again, guess what? After that, there's always a test because it says test, and then you'll be able to test and see what God's good and perfect will is. So are you ready for the test? Well, how about I give you the answers first, and then you take the test? That sound good? All right. So part three of our uh, Mo Money series, and I believe that God wants to exchange our thought process when it comes to both money And when it comes to possessions, Um, I believe that God has positioned us as kings and queens to prosper. How many kings and queens in the house of the Lord today? Right on. This is my people. And, you know, he doesn't want us, again, just to prosper for ourselves, but he wants others to prosper. Most importantly, he wants his kingdom to prosper. It's really about his kingdom, right? His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe it's time that we flip the flow when it comes to the way that we look at finances, not just as a means to get, but um, as a means to give and become generous. You see, God wants to exchange what is uh, just temporal in this world for something that will have an impact to eternity. 
And God wants to uh, flip the flow when it comes to the way that we think, the way that comes the way that we invest, and that comes to the way that we um, deal with money. Because how many of you know, if you don't handle it, it'll handle you. You know what I'm saying? Right? And again, God wants to teach us something today through his word that will set us free. So we need to stop looking at our money as a means of sacrifice, but as a means of investment. So you might be surprised to discover just how much the Bible uh, does talk about money. In fact, there are 2,300 verses on money, wealth, and possession. And Jesus spoke about money roughly 15% of his preaching in 11 of 39 parables. Are you taking notes yet? All right. If you brought your Bibles with you, pull them out. If you brought your version app, I'm going to break on that for a moment, pull it out. And I think our team has a QR code where you can follow along in the notes today. And if you have made version. Um, uh, or your, ch- your church, College Street, um, as your church on version. thank you. We have 79, last time I checked, 79 people in this church are using version and said, we're making this our church. Uh, we also have a QR code for that, too, if you haven't done that yet. Because really, how else are we going to grow by getting into the Word of God and doing it together? All right. So God doesn't want us to just save. He wants us to seed. Someone say seed seed. And he promises us an abundant life, a life more abundantly, if we do it his way and not our way. You see, we were designed, as I mentioned before, to be rivers and not reservoirs. And Pastor Charmaine gave a great teaching the other week on that. And she reminded us in Israel, there are two seas. There is the Dead Sea, and then there is the Sea of Galilee. Now, in the Dead Sea, everything that flows to it just stops, and it goes nowhere. But in the Sea of Galilee, it has constantly, things are flowing to it and from it. So one goes nowhere and and the other is going somewhere. Where are you going? Say somewhere. (laughs) Come on. The Lord has designed you again to be a blessing. And we have to learn to love and give with an open hand. But before we can have it in our hand, we must have it in our heart. So, you know, some of us have had a vision of savings But how many of you know money doesn't do anything if it just sits there? We learned a little while ago about the story of how the kingdom of heaven is like a a, a master that went away and left his talents. He left his finances with his servants and expected them to do something with it. And one of those servants didn't lose the money, just buried it in the sand and gave back to God what was his, right? Why does it say? Because he was afraid. And we reminded ourselves that God is love and perfect love drives out all fear. So if he had received the father's love, then he probably would have handled his money a little differently. Come on, right? Isn't that good? But the ones that did well with what was given to them, he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. And guess what? Easy. And I think that's a wake-up call for all of us that we don't bury our talents and bury what God has given us, even our finances, in the sand, or just put them in a place where they're not even going to gain any interest. And it's into our best interest that we invest in the kingdom of God, right? Because anyone who invests, anyone who gives up house and home or family for his sake receives how much return? Hundredfold. God's words, right? So I don't know about you, but when I was working on this message 
the thought came to me about saving for a rainy day. Have you ever saved for a rainy day before? Yes? What happens when you do that? Anyone noticed? Pastor Charmaine. If you get a rainy day. You save for a rainy day, you get a rainy day, and then the floods come, right? And it's like, oh, man. This, well, maybe we need to invest more in our money in something that isn't just temporal, but something that is eternal. And so, you know, I'm not saying saving is, is good, but what is it that you are saving for? It's good to be prepared, but when your preparation becomes your main priority, you can lose sight of your purpose. I'll say that again. When your preparation becomes the main thing, you can lose sight of your purpose. Even the religious leaders were preparing for the coming king, the Messiah, and they missed him because they were focused too much on the religion and they missed the relationship. Too much on their message that they missed the Messiah. Don't get so caught up in preparation that you miss your purpose right here on earth. Thank you, Jesus. Cue the music. I like that. Your money has a mission. Say, my money's got a mission. Woo, I'll get you all rapping before the end of the day. If we think it's just to, to serve us, then we, if we're not careful, we will become its slave. The problem is we think that at times we are the master when it comes to money, but in many cases, we are fooled. Some people will take a lifetime to figure this up. Some will even go to the grave before they give. But either way, we're going to give our lives one way or another, either by default or by design. And we could choose to, to try and cling on to the wealth, or, or we can love and we can give with an open hand and an open heart, and we can discover our calling and use what it is that God has given us to further his kingdom, not just our own. So, Let's go to Matthew 6. It was read so well by Pastor Charmaine. There's a few, yes, give it up. There's a few verses that, that really stood out to me. I'd like to start in verse 19 where it says, Do not, someone say, do not. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures where? In heaven. Guess what? There's no thieves up there. There's no moths up there, you know. It's not, it's not going to be destroyed. For verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You might say it's a trust fund. It's the first point, okay? Write down, it's a trust fund. What do I mean by that? You know, trust funds are, are yes, they're legal arrangements that, that allow individuals to place assets for um, a special account, in a special account, to benefit another person or an entity. And we, ladies and gentlemen, are God's trust fund. He has entrusted us from the very beginning. If we go back to Genesis, it said God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and he created them female. And God blessed them. And guess what he said? Prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. Some of us need us to start by taking charge, first of all, of our finances. Come on, you got to make it work in your home first, right? Before you can make it work out there. And God's saying, it's time you take charge. I have given you dominion over all the earth, over the birds and over the fish. 
take charge. For where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be and where your heart is should always be connected to heaven. Our treasure, our heart was created to connect to heaven, to our heavenly father, to his will and to his purpose. And this is where you find your calling. It's a bit of a higher perspective, isn't it? It's bigger than just us. But God created you on purpose for a purpose. He placed you in a relationship. He gave you kids. He placed you in this church, in this home, in this community for a bigger picture. And you might be thinking, well, pastor, when it comes to money, I only have a little bit. Well, little is much when God is in it. There's a woman that had very little oil and a bunch of empty jars. And as much jars as she brought in, God would fill and fill and fill. It, it takes faith to fill the jars. It takes work, as Pastor Charmy would say, because faith without works is dead. We can't just be hearers of the word, but we must be doers of the word. This community will know that the men and women and even the children of College Street Victory Church are blessed and generous. And the world will know that we are blessed and generous. You know, whenever I, I travel or get to travel to churches or, or even to different businesses, one of the things that, that I, I, I look for is where is the heart? Where's the heart of that church? Where's the heart of the business? And if they're, where their treasure is, their heart will be also. I should be able to tell right away, is this, is this a church? Is this a community that is about families? That is about kids? That is about giving back to its community? I'm telling if you want you want to invest in something that is growing, kids are always growing. And Jesus himself said, let the little children come to me for such is the kingdom of heaven. Man, they belong to these. That's what I love about our, our, our church and even businesses that are here. You can see so many that are around family and around kids. You know, try not to get choked up. On Thursday, the whole team gets together and, and some of you think this just happens. You know, it doesn't. There's a lot of work behind the scenes, a lot of creativity, a lot of getting into God's word and listening and a lot of prayer. Jesus said that my house will be known as a house of prayer. And on Thursday night when the, when the team was doing the rehearsal and they're going through the songs, all of a sudden our lit and our junior lit, these kids start going over all the chairs and they prayed for you. They prayed over every chair on Thursday night. And then one of the little girls came forward and this whole group of kids in the middle of the worship and she wanted to be baptized on Thursday night and she got baptized and all these children were around here cheering them on and I thought, this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of that. Oh, I love our kids and our kids ministry. Because when we invest in kids, we invest in God's kingdom. Okay, verse 22 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, then the whole body will be full of darkness. And if, if the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? People misinterpret this scripture all the time. 
and they just think, well, it's just about watching or looking at the bad things, and then if I do that, then the bad things will come in. No, no, no. Read it within its context. Everything we're reading here is about money. And if you look in your Bible, you're going to have a little subparagraph, which is going to show you there'll be a letter there. And if you go down to the bottom, it's going to tell you that the Greek word for healthy is generous. In, right here is generous. And the Greek word for unhealthy is stingy. So let's try reading that again. Let's go back to that verse. Actually, I even highlighted it in the message version. Check this out. It says, your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and believe, your body will fill up with light. But if you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. Yeah. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. Wow, that really changes perspective, hey? If you look through the eyes of being stingy and, and, and greedy, you'll be like what the, what the scripture talks about. We, we, we use the scripture all the time in Proverbs that says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is or so he becomes. But if you read that scripture, it's in context to, he says, the person is actually quite stingy and greedy. It says, eat. You know, enjoy. But meanwhile, his heart is not with you. After you will throw up what you've eaten. And I think there's so many people that focus so much on their outer self, their outer world. And they don't pay attention to what's beneath the surface and invest in their heart and in their spirit and what God says. Because deep down in your heart, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is or so he becomes. That God is after a generous heart. It says that God will bless the what? Cheerful giver. Cheerful giver. But I think how many conditions do we put to God's call on our life and on our giving to others? We're called to be generous. Not stingy. And if we look through the lens of stinginess, we'll probably look through the same lens of poverty. And you'll have a poverty mindset. Does that make sense? But God has not given us a poverty mindset. We just read in Genesis that we are to go forth and prosper, that we are to be a blessing. Again, God wants you to have stuff. He just doesn't want the stuff to have you. And he wants you to use it for good, to bless others in need. So do you see through the eyes of generosity? I hope so. Do you see through the eyes of more than enough because you serve the God of more than enough that he is able to meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus? Say, I do. Ah, right on, I got you. So here's the second point. Don't allow dark deposits. Don't allow dark deposits in your bank account. Come on. That's why we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Don't allow dark deposits. See generosity. See the light. See Jesus in it. What are you looking to deposit? And 1 John 2.16 says, For everything in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, there is way more wealth in this word than you will ever find in the world. I mean, if you were to just read Proverbs, read a verse or a chapter every day in Proverbs, man, it would change your perspective and get you into alignment and then would follow with assignment, right? There's so much wisdom in here. It's a hard issue, always has been. And if you don't let it flow, if you don't let God's blessing flow through your life, you'll never grow. You'll never grow. Being stingy is unhealthy. It's right there in the scripture. You become either like the Dead Sea if you're stingy, or if you're generous and fruitful, you'll be like the Sea of Galilee. We are rich when we become rivers. We are rotten when we become reservoirs. We can look at Darth, a dark earthly things that can be limiting in our life, or we can look at God's word, which is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one, you'll love the other, or you'll be devoted to one, and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can only serve one. Say there's only one. And it ain't money. <laughs> it's, it's never about the money. It's always been about our maker. It's always been about our source. And either you do st something with the stuff that God has given you, or that stuff is going to do something with you. Trust me. Some of us need to really just learn to let go and let God. And yes, that takes trust. The reality is we serve what we save. We serve what we save. And if all we're doing is saving and hoarding and keeping and burying, that becomes the master and we become the slave. But if we look as, as an investment in the kingdom and I serve God, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Then I'll be saved. That makes sense? It was never about getting the gold. It was always about giving to God. Remember, there'll be streets of gold that we'll all day walk on, pavement. It's just a tool for his glory to make a difference in our community by providing the needs and around the world. People will always be the most valuable thing. They are more important than any possession. Matthew 22, 37 to 40, Jesus replied, everything hangs off this. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. And remember, when, when the religious expert challenges Jesus, the expert in the law, he says to justify himself, who is my neighbor? It's the one in need. And it might not be the one that you like. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. I'm telling you, church, there's opportunities coming your way that most people are walking around, but not us. We're going to walk right to it. We're not going to overlook people. Because when we see them, we see God. Just as you do to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, we do for him. 
front of us. And it starts in our home. The thing with money, no matter what the world will tell you, it was never about status. It's never to get status. Money is there for service, to serve his kingdom, to serve others in need. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and adds no sorrow with it. Proverbs 10, 22. A generous man will be blessed and woman. Proverbs 22, verse 9. Trusting in God leads to prosperity. Proverbs 38 to 9. And check this out. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19. This is one that we got to really learn Know it and own it. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Come on. And if you're thinking for a second, well, I'm not rich, Pastor. I'm telling you this. According to statistics, if you have $14, access to $14 or more in your bank account, you make up 10% of the richest people in the world. I think some of us have bought into the lie that we aren't rich, but yet God has given us so much, so much, not just to be blessed, but to be a blessing. But some of us need to make room. I'm telling you, we got more stuff. We're constantly trying to, especially with six kids, five kids. I always say six because there's a prophesying there's going to be another. <laughs> I'm the sixth one. <laughs> I always tell my kids, you got so much stuff. And I think that God's telling me the same thing all the time. Matt, you got so much stuff. <laughs> what are you going to do with what I gave you? Maybe there's something you're not using right now that could be a blessing to others. And maybe, just maybe, we're not supposed to give our scraps to others, but give our best to others. Maybe there's something that we've been sitting on that God wants to use so that we can make more room so that we can be blessed and be a blessing. Does that make sense? I believe so with my whole heart. Come on. Again, it's not wrong to save. It's just, what are you saving for? Would you stand with me? Today's takeaway is, I see what I save, but I sow where I serve. Come on. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that it breathes life into our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the conviction that you speak in such a loving way through your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that the words that have been spoken that were of you today would take root in our hearts. Lord, give us the boldness to be on a next level of generous when it comes to blessing others. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and, and you've been struggling with what to hold on to, what to let go of. Maybe you've been chasing after certain things, but it wasn't Christ. And nothing seems to fill that void. You've got to meet my Jesus. 
It's the most generous God there ever is. He laid down his life for you. He loves you. He has great things in store for you. His plans and purposes are to prosper you, not to harm you, give you a hope and a future. And he's ready to meet you right now where you're at. Paul says in Romans 10 verse 9, if we believe in our hearts, if we believe in our hearts that God the Father raised his son from the grave and we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. The richest thing you could ever have is a relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to lead you through a prayer right now. If that's okay. And, and we're going to do just that. We're going to invite him in. We're going to invite him into our hearts. Would you repeat after me? Just say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I know I messed up. I know my priorities aren't always in order. But today, I choose to put you first. I'm turning from my way. And I'm turning towards you all the days of my life. You can have it all, God. I believe that you rose from the grave. And now I'm asking you to come into my life and be Lord over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in the moment, if you would, eyes closed. I just want to respect what God's doing in the moment. All eyes are closed and heads are bowed. And if you prayed this prayer, which we just prayed for the first time, you just give me a thumbs up. Say, Pastor, that's me today. Thank you. Thank you. And, and if this was your comeback moment, and, and you'd be honest with yourself that you haven't been putting him first, but today you've come back to him. Would you just your thumb up. All heads are bowed. Eyes are, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Oh. So blessed to be in the house of the Lord and a place and space of his grace. And we're so blessed that we can come to him just as we are but that he also offers us transformation and change. And, and if you're here today and you've received Jesus in your life, but you haven't yet been baptized, we as a church, as the body of Christ, we've been convicted a long time ago that we are to do our part and God does his. But we don't want to make it difficult for you that are coming to know Jesus. And in your discipleship walk with God as being an all-in, fully devoted follower of Jesus, we are given the command in this great commission to go into all the world, making disciples and baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching others his commands, and surely he is with us always. So every Sunday, we, we fill this tank out of obedience and faith. 
in case you want to step in and you're ready to step in in your walk with God as a fully devoted disciple and follower of him. For the word baptism, the word means to be fully immersed, all in. And in Romans, it says when we go into the water, it represents when Christ went to the grave. It says that when we're baptized, we're baptized with Christ. We're buried with Christ. When we come up out of the water, it represents his resurrection. It says that you are resurrected with Christ. Anyone who is in Christ, the new has come, the old has gone. If you're ready to be all in and step in as we worship in this next song, my beautiful bride and I will be on the side here. It would be an honor to baptize you. We've got all in t-shirts. We've got shorts. We've got it all. Most importantly, Jesus has got it all for you today. Let's worship God together. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.